do serve in the Middle East uh, after the message. I will uh, share with you about what we do there and uh, what God has led us to and the vision that God has given us. But this morning, I want to take you to God's word because looking at the word is part of our worship. Uh, A church is a place where people come for God to speak to them and deal with them. A church is not a social club. We don't come here to have a good time and enjoy. We come here to hear God's voice for the week and for the year and for our lives for that matter. And I pray this morning that your ears are open. I'm so excited to see so many young people in a church. This is a healthy sign of a church. And I thank God for you. Because most young people don't want to go to church anymore. Maybe it's partly our fault. Uh, But that doesn't give them an excuse. Because when they come to church, they're not coming to see a pastor or a building uh, or an ambiance for that matters. And they're coming to have a relationship with God. And that is what is needed. Each one of us need God. Make no mistake about this. You need God. You can't live without God. You think sometimes you can and not too long you will discover you can't. So let's go to Revelation chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3 verse 7 to 14. uh, The angel speaking to the church of Philadelphia And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write these things, says he that is holy, he that is true, he has the key of David, he that openeth and no man shutteth, and shutteth and no man openeth. I know thy works, behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet, and to know that I have loved thee, because thou hast kept my word of my patient endurance. I will also keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. Him that overcometh, will I make a pillar in the temple of my God. And he shall go no more out, and I will write upon him the name of my God, and the name of the city of my God, which is the new Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God, and I will write upon him my new name. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Amen. Behold, I have set before thee an open door. This morning, I want to speak about open doors. God always sets in front of his people open doors. Always. Yet we have a tendency to shut them. Because we're selfish. And we want to live for our own. Though in 2 Corinthians 5.15 it says, And he died for all that they which live henceforth should not live unto themselves, but unto him who died 
and rose again. We're like the disciples sometimes. You know, when Jesus finished his discourse with the multitude, they came to him and said, Chief, pack it. Send them home. And Jesus looked in amazement at his disciples. What do you mean send them home? These guys are hungry. They need to eat. But Lord, we don't have money. We cannot afford to feed them. None of your business. Make them sit down. I want to feed them. I want to love on them. But Lord, you told them the truth. You shared the gospel with them. That's not enough. I want to love on them. Love. People are tired of us saying, Jesus loves you. They want to know how. Show me how Jesus loves me. It's so interesting that the Lord gave that message to the church of Philadelphia. Brotherly love. It takes love to take advantage of open doors. The problem is, we're selfish brats. We worship the unholy trinity. Me, myself, and I. We don't know how to love. You see, love is not natural. It is intentional. You intend to love people. Sometimes young people come to me and they say, we're in love. I say, you're stupid. <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about. You're 20 years old and you're in love? Love is when you have to live in a room... Between four walls with somebody, pick the dirty underwears and the dirty socks and sleep next to somebody who stinks or at night and you say, what did I get myself into? And then you're faced with a choice. You either love or leave. Unfortunately, divorce rates are high because people don't love don't know how to love we're selfish it's not working make it work love we need to learn how to love so God can use us in open doors I want to take you this morning to three points that have come out of this passage. First, I want to look with you at the God of the open doors. If you don't know the God of the open doors, you can't enter and you can't help anybody to enter. You need to know him. What about him? He says, he's a holy God, right? The holy one. So it's about holiness. Many times God is not using us because we're not holy. We need to be holy. We cannot 
be used by God when we are filthy. Oh, God loves filthy people. You know what He does with them? He takes them in, cleans them up, and uses them. He doesn't use them with their filth. Why? Because He's a holy God. And if you're wondering sometimes why God is not using you, maybe you need to examine your life. Say, why, Lord? Is there stopping Something stopping you from using me? Because that's the desire and, and the, the, the dream of every believer is that he be used by Christ to impact lives around him. Why, God, are you not using me? And holiness is not about uh, being dressed in a suit or going to church or tithing or praying. Holiness has to do with your heart. Where is your heart? Holiness is not about legalism. It's not about do's and don'ts. It's about the heart. I wouldn't have believed that David was a man after God's own heart were it not God's word said it. That guy was a charlatan. With the heart. Pro- Isaiah the prophet, standing in front of the throne of God, says, Holy, holy is the Lord. Woe is me, for I am a man of unclean lips. Wow, Isaiah, you're a man of unclean lips. You're a prophet. You're a senior pastor. Yes. Why? Because God was saying to Isaiah, Go, and Isaiah was saying, No. You see, if you're not surrendered to Christ 100%, you are unholy. It doesn't matter if he has the 99 and there is 1% left for you. You are unholy. Make no mistake about this. Because Christ demands 100%. Why? Because he gave you 100%. And having loved his own, he loved them to the end. Nothing less than that. And so he wants 100% of you. He wants all of you or none of you. No in between. You have to decide. You're all for Jesus or you're all for the world. You can't love the world and love Jesus. They just don't mix. Don't go together. So God is a holy God. We need to know that. When, he, when we want him to use us, we need to be holy. Second, he says, write the true one. So it's about truth. It's not about what you think and what I think. It doesn't matter what you think. What matters is the truth. Why? Because the people we're ministering to, they shall know the truth and the truth shall set them free. Not your beautiful eloquent words, nor your wisdom. Sometimes people ask me, say, Brother Muhammad, how can we reach Muslims for Christ? Love them. That's how. Tell them the truth. Don't try to find common grounds. There is nothing common between darkness and light. 
between righteousness and unrighteousness. Nothing is common. People need to hear is the truth because our God is a God of truth. And thirdly, he says, right, says, the one who openeth and the one who closes. Our God is a sovereign God. Make no mistake, God is not asleep. He's over everything. He watches everything. He sees everything. Nothing happens without His permission. Sometimes people look at the Middle East and they see a lot of bloodshed and destruction, suffering and sorrow. And they wonder why. You know why? Because God is sovereign. That's why. He runs the world. And when we think it's bad, I'm here to tell you this morning, it's good. What do you mean, Brother Muhammad? People are suffering. People are dying. People are in sorrow. This is good? Yes. Why? Because more people are coming to Christ today than ever in the history of Islam. That's why. That's why. Yes, God works in times of suffering and sorrow. And He works through you. He opens the doors through suffering and sorrow for you. So you can go in and minister to people and love on them and lead them to Christ. He brings the suffering and sorrow into our lives to change our mindset. To bring us into obedience. To glorify Him. Because when God is most glorified, we are most satisfied. That's why. But we don't understand this. Sometimes we try to be more righteous than God. Don't we? People are suffering. Really? You think God doesn't know? He knows. He's got a plan. He's got a plan. His son suffered on the cross. Did you see that? Why? So you can have life. So you can be sitting here this morning. So you can be enjoying the peace and the forgiveness and the love of God. That was not without a cost. Somebody paid the price. I tell people, there's nothing called forgiveness with God. And they're amazed. What do you mean? God forgives? No, He doesn't. Whatsoever a man soweth, he shall also reap. Make no mistake, this is the justice of God. You're forgiven Because somebody paid the price. Make no mistake about this. Don't ever think you're forgiven because you look good. No. The Son of God paid the price for Muhammad. That's why God forgave me. If Jesus didn't pay the the price, I'm going to burn in hell. That's it. Very simple. God is sovereign. 
Make no mistake. Everything that happens in your life, God sees it. And when something happens, you know what you need to do? Stop. Say, Lord, what do you want? Because God wants to do something. God wants to do something. Make no mistake. We looked at the God of the open doors. What are the guidelines to the open doors? How should we be guided to be used by God in open doors? He he says to the church of Philadelphia, uh, I know you have little power. Lord, you want us to embark on open doors and we are weak and have little power? What are you talking about? I thought open doors are for the guys who are mighty and strong. Nope. You see, God loves the weak. He loves sinners like us. In other words, He loves trash like us. We're trash. God loves us. He takes trash and makes out of it a monument called man. So beautiful and so glorifying. And if you don't believe we're trash, we're dust, when you die, I'll send you a picture. You're dust. Make no mistake. If God is using you, do not lose sight that you're dust. You're nothing without Him. When God opens the doors, it's not about you. It's about God. God wants to do something in your life. Don't look at your pocket if you can pay for it. Don't look at your strength if you can do it. Kneel down and say, Lord, open door. Give me strength to overcome. To embark. To do it. Ten years ago, my family and I went down to Tyre. People thought we're crazy. Brother Muhammad, you're going to a war zone between his Hezbollah and Israel. 100% Shiite community. You're going to plant a church there? Are you crazy? No. I'm not crazy. I believe in God. He's going to do it. Because it's not about me. It's not about my qualifications. God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Your work in process, God works on you when He calls you. Don't worry about what you're going to say, what you're going to do. Just obey and go forward with Him. Don't trust yourself. Trust Him. He says to the church of Philadelphia... I know you are weak, but I love you. I know you're weak. You're humble. God loves a humble church. He loves a humble church. That's where he works most. When humility sets in. Whether in a church or in your life. The guidelines. Little power. Second, keeping your word. He says, I have one thing. You keep my word. You have kept my word. It's about God's word. It's not about psychology. It's about obedience. Man has struggled since Adam till today with God about one issue and only one issue. Obedience. 
We don't like to obey. We try to play smart with God. I did not obey. Since the day God saved me in 1979, I felt His calling on my life. But I did not want to obey. I wanted to tell God how to do it. And I ran away for 20 years. I went into business and I said, Lord, if I become a businessman, I can make money, I can help the poor, I can build orphanages, I can support missionaries, I can support the church. And God would look at me and say, Muhammad, you're going to help me? I own the world. And it didn't click. That all I needed to do is obey. Obey. We fall short of obedience sometimes. God says, don't do this. We go do it. God says, don't. Get in partnership with this. We do it. And then we pay. And we wonder why. Obedience. The church of Philadelphia was a church that kept the word. It obeyed. And that's what what is required of every church, of every believer. Don't play smart with God. You're too finite to teach the infinite. Your lifespan is three scores and ten. It's 70 years. You have a production date and an expiration date. You can't tell God, the eternal, what is it all about. Young people, sometimes they go to school and they read few books, they take few courses, and their feet start lifting up from the ground. We know. What do you know? You don't know anything. You're ignorant. You need to obey. One of the greatest things as I was raising my children struggled with is to teach them obedience. Very important. If we do not teach our children to obey, they turn out to be reprobates. They need to obey. Because that's God's way. And finally he says in the guidelines. He says you have not denied my name. Stand tall for Jesus. Especially young people as you go to universities. And you go to these hubs of technology and knowledge. And people ask you. You are a Christian? Yes I am. Is there a problem? What? You want me to believe in your monkey business? Those missing links? The best story of how we came into existence is God's story. Make no mistake about this. Everything else is missing links. For a while they're going to miss us. Stand tall for Jesus. Be bold. Proclaim Him. Pray in public when you're in McDonald's. Don't be ashamed to pray. Stand up and pray. 
Sometimes people say, Brother Muhammad, why don't you change your name to Tony? Tony what? My name is Muhammad and my Lord and Master is Jesus Christ. What are you talking about? Fear has gripped us. Being politically correct has gripped us. I don't understand believers sometimes in churches. So the world has the right for gay marriages, for all kinds of filth, for all kinds of problems, for drugs, for same-sex marriage, for transgender. And we have no right to live in righteousness. What is the story with us? What's wrong with us? Be bold. What the Lord loved about the church of Philadelphia is that it did not deny his name. Wow. He loved the church. If you, if you want to be used by God in open doors, you have to be humble. You have to be obedient. And you have to be bold. Well, God is not going to use you. And finally, the glory of the open doors. We looked at the God of the open doors. We looked at the guidelines of the open doors. Let us look at the glory of the open doors. It's a shame that we run after the world like I did. I thought by becoming a businessman, that's good stuff. I make money. I have a big house, cars. I sit with the elite of the community, you know, it's tough stuff. It's good. There's nothing better than serving Jesus Christ, I tell you today. That's the best honor you can have, the greatest privilege you can have, is to serve Jesus. Nothing like it. And many times we miss on that. We miss on experiencing the love of God. Because we don't want to serve Him. Or we don't want to be with Him. You see, God loves you. He says, this is the church of I will show them that I have loved you. I love you. After 10 years being in a Hezbollah stronghold, God has established His church there. After 10 years of being there, we have an outreach center that reaches to over a thousand people every week. God is giving us favor and telling those who are around us, I love these people, don't touch them. I love them. God loves you. He wants you to experience His love. If you love the world, you can never experience the love of God. He wants to cuddle you. He wants to take you in. He wants to be your daddy and your mommy, your friend, your brother. And you miss out on all the love that God has for you when you go to the world. I was born in Beirut. My father left me before I was born. 
I have never seen my father. But since the day I was born, I tell you, I have felt the love of God. And I can say with David, my mother and father have left me, but the Lord takes me in. And I would not rather have a father other than my heavenly father. And that's what I taught my children. I have not tried to raise my children. If I did, I would have done a lousy job. I gave them to the Lord. And today they're grown-ups and they serve Him. All of them. God wants to love you. God wants to keep you. Take care of you. This is part of His glory. Part of His glory is His love. Part of His glory is His protection over your life. I remember we went down to Tyre. We had to sell everything at a loss. So I can answer God's call. Because I wanted to slaughter the ox. I did not want to linger. I knew in lingering there is temptation. And so we went down to Tyre with $300 of support from our church. And they have rented to us the center. We had to sleep in the center on the ground, on the floor, on mattresses for six months. We were wondering how God is going to provide. I go to the school to register my children. And the principal says, $12,000, five children. Lord Jesus, I'm getting $300. How can I pay $12,000 a year? And then the principal says, okay, what do you do? He said, I'm an evangelist. He says, this is a Christian school. I can afford to give you 50% off. So that's $6,000. But it doesn't make sense still, you know. $500 a month, $300 coming. I'm an accountant. It just doesn't click. Then he said, what does your wife do? I said, she's a teacher. He says, can you bring her? We can interview her. We need a teacher. I said, no problem. So I call my wife. She comes in to the principal's office. I wait for her outside in the lobby. After half an hour, she comes out crying. Honey, what's the problem? Why are you crying? They gave me a job. That's good. We need a job. This is not it. Please, stop suspense. Tell me, what's the problem? He says, they gave me $800 in cash. All the children free in school. Insurance for me and the children. God provides. I said, yes, stop nagging about it. <laughs> he does. You see, God wants to keep you. He wants to take care of you. And finally... God wants to make out of you something. He wants to lift you up. You're precious in His eyes. The heights that you can reach with God are nothing like any heights you can reach in the world. Make no mistake about this. God can lift you up and take you places you have never dreamed of. And I pray that this will be your desire. Open doors.
There are open doors in Philadelphia. And there are open doors in Pennsylvania. And there are open doors in your community. And there are open doors overseas. Will you embark on them? With knowing the God of the open doors. And following the guidelines to the open doors. And striving for the glory of the open doors. This morning, I want to share with you about the open doors we have in the Middle East. For years, meager efforts have been taken to reach the Muslims for Christ. And I know why. Because we are Islamophobic. Now those guys, they kill, they hurt. That's, that's not good. We don't want to be there. And so, walls of fears have been erected by them and by us. And they were unreached for years. But eight years ago, God brought down the walls of fear. He tumbled them down through the Arab Spring. And the gospel went in. And we are seeing hundreds and thousands of Muslims come to know Jesus Christ. And that's what I want to share with you about this morning through the slideshow that we have. I don't know if they started. If we can go to the beginning. So this is Tyre. Uh, Tyre was an island in ages past. Uh, conquered by Alexander the Great through building a walkway to it. Many tried before him. They couldn't, like Nebuchadnezzar. But he was smart enough to build a bridge and get to it. Uh, so present day Tyre is, looks this way. This is the island here. And the walkway over the years uh, has widened. And this is the entrance of the old city of Tyre. This is most probably where Jesus and Paul the Apostle walked. Next. Uh, the Bible speaks a lot about Tyre. Tyre is known to be an evil city, a disobedient city, and God's judgment came down on it. But uh, there is a verse in the Bible that says, uh, its fruits at the end will be to the Lord. And I believe God is going to do a great work in Tyre. Next. Uh, Tyre is in Lebanon. Down here south. Uh, this is Israel. And this is Syria. Uh, when the refugee crisis broke out. Over a million and a half refugees flooded Lebanon. And we're a country of four million people. And we already have one million Palestinian refugees. Next, we started with Tyre Center for the Gospel Proclamation. We went down to Tyre to tell people that we're coming here to tell you about Jesus. We're not here to teach you English. We're not here to feed you. And we're not here to heal you. We're here to tell you about Jesus, number one. Because if we feed you only, then you're going to go to hell fat. And if we dress you only, then you're going to go in fashion. What people need is the gospel. That's what they need. They need a change of heart. And that's what we did. We told people the truth and we loved on them. Not one without the other. Next. After five years of being in Tyre, Tyre Church was established. God saved a core of believers and we became a church. Next. 
This is one of our Sunday morning worship services. Next. Uh, we carry out different ministries. We have a music school. We have a cafe. We have a clinic. We have a clothes pantry. We have a food pantry. We have a camp. Uh, we do everything we can to love on people. When God opens the door, we don't close it. We go through. How do we do it? By faith. God does it by faith. God loves faith. Remember that. Faith. Nothing else. Not finances. Faith. That's what God loves. This is our orphanage to be. King's kids, family homes. Uh, because of the war in Syria, over 300,000 orphans are the result. Orphanages are needed. And the way we're going to do it is like foster parenting. God gave us the piece of land now. We are doing the infrastructure we hope to build very soon. Uh, we want to hire staff of house parents and give them four to six children and they become a family. We don't want to stack them together. Those guys, they need a family. They deserve a family. They deserve a mommy and a daddy to love on them. And that's how we're going to do it. Three buildings, 16 apartments in each building. We also have a clinic, River of Healing Clinic. We also have purchased land for it. And we're building a clinic. Uh, because of the wars around us, the bill of medical health has rocketed. And many people are in need. Every month, we pay three, $4,000 of medical help to people. Next, we have a camp, K-Love Camp. We did this in partnership with Canacook Camp Ministries in Branson, Missouri. Every summer, we bring in 1,200 poor and refugee children for three days. We love on them. We play with them. We feed them. We have a great time with them, and we send them home. And this is the camp. This is one of our chapel times. Uh, and this is a great opportunity for all the young people here. You want to spend your summer doing something good for God? Come to Lebanon. Play with these children. Love on them. Oh, but I don't know the language. You do know the language. There is only one language you need to know. It's the language of love. Those little children, they don't need you to know about sanctification and justification. They need you to hug them throw them up in the air, love on them. That's what they need. Next. Over the years, many have come and worked with us and supported us. I'm thankful for them. Next. These are some of the interns and missionaries that have come. Uh, I pray one day I'll find some pictures of you here. You know, come next time, visit you. There'll be pictures here. This is my family, four chickens and one rooster. Uh, God is good to me, uh, my wife Grace, uh, and uh, I needed a lot of grace, you ask her. So God gave me grace. This is Leah, our eldest, uh, Selena, uh, Lynn, Peter, and Sarah. Next. Uh, from Tyre, God gave us a vision. When people said it can't be done, you can't do it. God did it, and he gave us a vision. 
The vision is what the Muslim world needs is a light. And God gave me a vision to plant lighthouses all over the Muslim world. They need us to come and live with them and show them Jesus Christ. And so till now, in the last two years, we've planted 13 lighthouses. Five in Lebanon, two in Syria, two in Jordan, three in Egypt, and one in Turkey. We hope to go to Iraq, to Yemen. Lighthouses for Jesus Christ. Lighthouses of love and truth. This is our uh, newest lighthouse. It's in a village called Maraki. Next. This is the Middle East. 1040 window. From Morocco to China. Two-thirds of the world's population live in the 1040 window. Only 20% of missionaries and mission funding goes to the 1040 window. Over 80% of funding and missionaries go to one-third of the world. Something is wrong with these numbers. We need to shift gears. If you are afraid of Islam, the way to contain Islam is not in the backyard in Philadelphia. The way to do it is to go to the front line in the Middle East. That's where the hub of Islam is. That's where we need to fight. And make no mistake, I say bluntly and openly, Islam is the enemy. It is the enemy. But what does Jesus tell us about the enemy? Love your enemy. Love. Don't be naive and politically correct and say, no, they're not. They're the enemy. But we're going to love the enemy. Because that's who we are. That's who Jesus made us. Next. Lighthouse in Syria. Next. What's happening? God is saving people. This is six people were baptized this summer. Fifteen down. God is getting the glory. His name is being lifted up. The gospel is going global. And the glorified are being gathered. Christ is not only for white Americans. You know that. There are sheep everywhere. This is black sheep here. God is good. He loves us. And we need to realize that. We need to have a heart for the nation driven by love. So that everybody knows who Jesus is. Next. What can you do? I have come here this morning. You definitely can pray for Brother Mo. And I need your prayers. You see this work cannot be done without prayers. And we have thousands of people praying for us. That's why we are able to be successful. This is an antagonistic environment. Dangerous, as you can think of. But God is good. The power of prayer. And we need you to pray. Second, we need you to come. If God is calling you to serve Him, think of the Muslim world. If God is giving you a break, why don't you come and help us? And third, give. This work, a lot of funding, a lot of needs. 
a lot of issues every single day. We have to help people. Why? Because we live in a crisis. This is not normal church stuff. You know, no local church can handle refugees. I mean, we can handle 10, 15 families. We can't handle 700. And we need your help. We need all the support you can give us. Because this is not our work. This is our work. All of us are called to have the heart of God for the nations and take the gospel to them. This is not Brother Moe's job. I represent you. You are my partners. And I pray that God will give you a passion for the Middle East and for the Muslim people. And finally, tired churches for God's glory. Are you for God's glory? See, at the end of the day, as a Muhammad, all I want to see is God being glorified and lifted up. I want to see the name of Jesus being lifted up. And I pray that this will be your desire. Let us pray. Ya Sayyidi, nashkurak fi hadha sabah ala marahimak. Nashkurak ya Rabb li anak anta mawjood ala arsh. Nashkurak ya Rabb li anu la mithla laka. Nubarikak ya Rabb, nuazimak. Nashkurak ala al-abwaab al-maftuha ya Rabb. Inta ya Rabb, a'atina ru'ya. A'atina mahabba. وحنان الكتاب يقول تحنن يسوع على الجموع أعطينا حنان يا رب حتى نتحنن على الجموع نباركك يا رب نعظمك لك المجد لك القدرة لك القوة باسم من فدانا على الصليب أمين